Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord, grace us with the wisdom and prudence and perseverance to do your will today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit amen. amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. Happy to have Mr. Adam Broussard on the show today. Adam is a Cursiesta, a professor at the Cursia Center here in Prairie Roan, and welcome to the show, Adam. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, and thanks for inviting me. All right, and our co-host today is Mr. Brandon Bergeron, someone who's very close to my heart and close to my family. He's my son-in-law. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Thanks for having me. All right, uh, let's start at the beginning. Uh, Adam, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Well, like you had originally said, me being a Cursiesta, I would say that I started more of my spiritual life in, in 2016 when I made my Cursio, and prior to that, I was living a life uh, a sin and, and just not following the right path and just following the world versus following my spiritual life. And so as I got married in 2012 and had our first child in 2015 and, and then went to the Cursio in 2016, I really started following a better path internally and so uh where i'm at today is just every day that people see me i generally say this is probably the happiest that you'll ever see me i'm literally joyful every day so i'm going to jump right into something that came on me in breakfast but your happiness level on a scale of one to ten what would you call it oh 10 plus all right i love it i love it that's good stuff so where'd you go to school uh i went to katiana high and so I'm from Scott, went to Acadiana High, went to Scott Middle, and then uh, Elio Jadis prior to that, and Westside. So I'm originally from this area, and uh, after high school, I went straight into the Navy, served from uh, June 2001 until November 2005, and then came back home after that and just started working in construction and stayed in real estate uh, through where I'm at today. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience in the Navy and what you learned from that? Man. I learned now, I realize, and that's a good question, I had to develop faith because I was I was in there during a time when uh, September 2001, 9-11 had happened and things had changed drastically within a few hours. And so um, not knowing where I was going to go or what I was going to do, Uh, really started to develop an internal faith life and started a conversation with God. Now, I grew up Catholic. I was confirmed and then had all the sacraments, but just not a good Catholic, just didn't understand much and and just kind of went through the motion. So, but my internal talking to God really amped up while I was in the military. And so, um, yeah, it, 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 it taught me that along with structure and and discipline and and how to create job descriptions <laughs> so i was telling this story over breakfast that my father um, uh, the japanese bomb pearl harbor and my dad ran down canal street and enlisted in the navy and uh he my mom immediately asked my mother who they were dating she was 17 at the time you know that to be married and she said he wasn't catholic he, she said i won't marry you unless you become catholic and he was uh baptized on a naval ship out, oh, wow. out in the south pacific so 
kind of a That's cool awesome. story. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Tell me specifically where you were on 9-11. I always like to hear those stories. Okay, so right after boot camp, you go into a schooling. It's called A School. And so I was at in a class at school at that moment. And the teacher, somebody had came in and was like, man, something's happening there was a plane that hit the World Trade Center. It was just one plane at the time. And so the teacher was like, okay. And it was all happening in front of us while we were sitting in class. And then the second one hit. And then they then they called us all downstairs and put us in this. Uh, so it was probably like a two, three-story building. And downstairs had a big open area. And so they took all the students and they put us in formation and stood in line and, and said, hey, look. This is what's going on. That, as far as we know, obviously they didn't know mm-hmm. what was going on, other than uh, uh, things were being on purpose. This must have been some sort of terrorist attack. And so they, and then after that, they send us to our barracks to stay probably the rest of the day, and then start giving us notifications from there. And this is like just the time, 2001. Email was available, but nobody had smartphones. Nobody had the mm-hmm. communication like we do now. And so I just remember staying in the barracks. And just waiting for somebody to come knock and tell us yeah. what next. What town? This was just outside of Chicago, Great wow. Lakes. Yeah. <laughs> Another ping there for me. My father was from Chicago. Uh, <laughs> so what led you to Garcia? The Holy Spirit. No really. doubt. Yeah. And so the guy that I was working for had made, had mentioned it to me before I had a before we had our first child. And so... My wife and I struggled for about three years for her to get pregnant. And during that time, I had just started being pulled into continuing a conversation with God. And generally, people start their conversation with God when they're in need. So it's not like nowadays I talk to him like he's my best friend. Where before it was just like, well, I'm in need of something, so I'm just going to pray to you and you're going to give it to me or something's going to happen. And so I started saying the rosary often and it turned into daily. And anyway, so the guy I was working for made mention to it. And then when, then after I had, after we had our uh, baby or during that time, it's like, man, you need to tell me more about this, Crisillo, because it's just been on my mind. And he said, well, I think I need to sponsor you. And, and, and so... That's I went April 2016, and from there, honestly, I didn't jump a hundred percent on the bandwagon of, <laughs> of of doing the things afterwards, going to Altria and spiritual grouping and stuff of that nature. It wasn't. It took a while, like another six months or so, for me to really, uh, or no, probably like a year. Now I'm thinking about it to go to my first Altrea and then uh, which is just the weekly meetings that we have and then then uh, I found a spiritual or was led to a spiritual group and what what really triggered the most was during that spiritual group and talking with other guys that were following their their piety and what they, what they need to be doing I saw joyfulness that I didn't have and I was struggling big time financially and mentally and, and with my young family and and I, at that point in time I had a second daughter that was in the hospital right after birth. She was premature, went to the NICU. We didn't know what was going to end up happening to her. And um, and so it was just a lot of things all happening at once in my life that I was, it was chaotic. But the one thing I saw in their faces and in what I, what I witnessed was just they were, they were, they were joyful. And man, 
So how you get that? You know, <laughs> I want some of that. I want some yeah. of that. Go ahead, well, Brandon. So all saints were were sinners before they became saints, right? right? And as you're discussing your past and and the things that you had to overcome, what were some of those things you had to overcome before you went to that Curcio that you you might have overcame at Curcio, or you're still working on um, that people can maybe relate to and and how you're overcoming them now? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is pride, man. I, I still struggle with that. I think I, that's just, I see it in everybody. And, and it helps me work those things out in my, my mind. I'm, you know, pridefulness to me is, well, why do people act the way they do towards me? Or why am, are these things happening to me? Or I don't deserve this. Or all these other excuses that we give ourselves where... I really have to sit and think like, man, if it's God's will, it's going to happen. And let's not be prideful. Let's let, let what's the best outcome? What's the best options that we can we, we can see as far as working these things through without having the agenda of like what's best for me? You know, it's what's best for all and how can I serve? And so I literally go to confession weekly and just like, man, yep, once again, I'm prideful and mm-hmm. I need to be taken down. And like, you know, that, yep. That's like the the scripture verse with uh, the Pharisee and the sinner, you know, and God tells us how the sinner that comes forth and is coming forth with a righteous heart and gives his full heart. It's what we should do every time we go to mass is we are sinners and give him our sin, give him our past and that you hit it right on the head. Yeah, so Brandon and the family were, was living in San Antonio and I mentioned this because we're all here today. Because, you know, through a lot of prayer for my wife and I, they were able to come back to here to Lafayette, and he found a job at, uh, at, at Southeast Engineering. We'll give them a shout-out because they allowed him to be here this morning. And through that job, through him moving here to Lafayette, all of a sudden we have this wonderful guest in Adam today. And how did you guys just run across each other? Yeah, we found each other in the hallway, actually. Yeah, I was, I was filling up my water jug, and I was telling Brandon – and this is just part of my personality now where I, I know what the Holy Spirit has done for me. If you start talking to me for a few seconds, you're going to hear about God. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, and, and what I do in real estate has everything to do with faith. And and I think that probably came across pretty quick. With yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how would you say you incorporate your faith in your current line of work? So I help people buy and sell homes. And so it's a very stressful time in people's lives, especially right now with the market being having low inventory. And um, and so I even though I don't know most of the people that I do business with on a personal level, whether they have faith in God or not, having faith is is just a general term that people can associate with in in life and so most people understand yes i have to have faith that this is going to happen or or things are going to work out it just gives people comfort and so whenever i'm discussing whether they're selling or buying or or both you know right out the gate this is going to be a stressful time it's not going to be fun if you if you stress over it but it can be enjoyable if you just have faith and trust in the system that we go over and break things down on a smaller smaller level and just have just just have your faith and generally when i start saying faith a few times people will say oh i go to church or i believe in god or whatever so if they start doing that then now i start incorporating okay well you have faith in god let's trust him 
less trust at your family. You know, like when you sold your house or when you bought your house or wherever you're living at now, um, whether you rent or do you feel that that was a good decision and stuff of that nature? And, you know, was your family happy at that point? Look how God takes care of you, all these kind of things. And so that's kind of upfront conversations. And then throughout the whole thing, it gets much more stressful. And so what they do is it's just I just me and the lady that works with me, we promote just look, slow down, have faith one one step at a time don't worry about the future that you don't know what's going to happen don't worry about the past on anything that has happened just one step at a time and so we're able to really associate what we believe in and especially the catholic faith that just comes out from me like man just just trust you know and things will work out the way they need to so as a catholic in the real estate business fact or fiction saint joseph statue in the front yard give me some of that Is oh that, man that's yeah. fiction uh, uh, I, and, and look i might be uh, stepping I'm on people's you. toes or whatever but god knows what you need and mm-hmm. there's not anything a statue or anything that you're going to bury or whatnot um, that is going to change god's will so at the end of the day and look I, I did that. I've done that in the past. It sounds like confession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, look, I don't. I, I pray to God and and I, I pray for the, the the saints to intercede for me. But it, you don't literally have to take something and bury it in the ground. That's just, I think, just upside down or right side up. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't promote it. <laughs> I understand. I'm kidding. You. Uh, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Mr. Adam Broussard. He is a professor at the Crusier Center. He is originally from Scott, I believe. Yep. Now living in Youngsville. Yes. He's a good Cajun Catholic. What do you hear? What do you think of when you hear Cajun Catholics? Man, I, you know, I think we're emotional people down here. We're not always, we're not rigid like some other parts of our country. And so when you sprinkle emotion on top of faith, you can get a good character. And so, you know, I really, I, I hate to boast, but I really enjoy being me and, and, and how I feel and, I'm, I'm glad that I was given the talents that that I was given because I, I do have a spirit about me that I enjoy and that 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 just comes comes out. And so the more that I pray to Jesus to allow me to do as well, I feel the more that it comes out of me. And even in times where I'm feeling adversity or anxiety and stuff of this nature, the things that get me out through prayer is the interaction with other people and, 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 and seeing that come alive, you know? And so if anybody, once again, especially people that work with me know that, man, I can get amped up real quick. (laughs) I wake up that way and I drink a little bit of coffee, not much coffee, but, uh, you know, I really like to amp it up. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to let Brandon jump in here because I'm hogging up some airtime. But, uh, you know, in my prayer life, especially recently, I can relate to what you were just saying about, you know, you wake up and you go, hey, it's good to be me today, you know, but it's not a boastful thing so much. It, it, it's it's like, what does the Lord have in store for me today? And who can I affect? And how can they affect me? And, you know, it is fun. And I think it's okay. I think the Lord f- loves the fact that you you can wake up and be in your own skin and be very comfortable. Yeah, you nailed it right yeah. on the head. That's my, that's a, almost the exact yeah. interpretation I have over it. Well, yeah, and it's the opposite of maybe where you were before, where people in today's world especially struggle with anxiety and depression and so much going on in the world. So many people don't know the gift of joy, the joy that God has for us once you follow him. Uh, like the, the scripture verse this morning, 
you know, my sheep hear my voice, and they know me and they follow me. And if you hear Christ's voice every morning talking to you, it's probably the most peaceful, the, the most glorious thing you can hear when you do your walk every day. And it, and it gives you, again, with that scripture verse this morning with uh, Barnabas, he, he was, it said he was full of rejoicing and encouragement when he saw people's faith. And when you see people's faith, it brings out this inner joy and it brings out this encouragement. It's like, man, I want that rather than the depression and sadness kind of that you mentioned earlier. That's uh, right. Yeah, and look, I by no means am am, am I, I like I'm like this 24 hours course, a day as much course. as I, I want to be, and I fail tremendously at times, especially having been worn out from the day going home and and having a wife and three young children, where you know those things start riling up on you, and 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 so it it's like I'm priming myself continuously during the day and at night to stay at that level and try to be joyful continuously because this is a much better state to be in mm-hmm. you know and and to 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 be aggressive and to to fight and and all that kind of stuff is is just not worth it at all whenever it's much easier just being calm peaceful and joyful yeah so back to an earlier conversation i it, i probably thought it strange i asked you on a scale of one to ten you know you, how happy you were and I think you did describe it very well that, you know, people who have the joy of the Lord, like you just spoke of, are a 10. They're a 10 plus. I know many that would answer that question that way. I have a lot of other friends that are Catholic and non-Catholic that would say, I'll never be a 10. 10 is perfection. And I don't see it that way. You know, um, I think that that's it's not perfection. It's it's just the joy of the Lord. You, you nailed it on, on the head. And, and I would ask our audience who are listening, you know, uh, this came to me kind of through a dream and prayer, this whole idea of how happy are you on a scale of one to 10. And, and I've asked this question to many people at work and, and, and friends and acquaintance. And, you know, you, you'll be surprised that you'll find some people that may answer that question five or less. If you're out there listening and you're a five or less, you know that that, that's, that's really teeter tottering on the verge of suicide. And uh, it's been my experience through asking that question to others in a very subtle way. And, um, you know, again, so, you know, and then another funny one is, like, if I asked you, Adam, like, what would your wife say, you know, on a scale of one to ten, what would she be? I don't want you to answer that question. We're not trying to get anybody in any trouble over here. But I'll just share with you that I asked that question to my wife, you know, and and, and just for me, if she answers anything other than a ten, it's upsetting to me. It's like, okay, that's my fault. Why is she not a 10? So, again, as our listeners, I, I would challenge you to uh, have that conversation with you and your spouse. That's a good challenge. Yeah. 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 So, Adam, as far as that joy that we're talking about and that encouragement, what are some of the things that, you know, maybe the Holy Spirit's put on your heart or the things that you, some goals and desires you have within the church, within your ministry, your everyday life that you want to bring to the world? So, like we were talking about before, I've journaled a lot in the past, and so recently me and uh, Mr. Cameron had gotten together in order to take those journals from from writings that I've had and put it on the computer and, and pull lessons from it. And so I just, as I continue to meditate about God's will every day, it's a, I have to tell people somehow what he's done for me because one of the greatest things that I've learned is what Jesus has done for other people through 
through the, through their videos, through their writings, and and lives of the saints and stuff of that nature. We re, I read a lot about, but but just just regular laymen that's out on YouTube or Facebook or whatnot. And so uh, I enjoy that, and I figured, well, my story, just like everybody else's, and I'm not saying mine's more interesting than others, but what we're doing is just driving uh, uh, lessons from my past and current life and putting it together and and hopefully publish a book maybe or or YouTube videos or whatnot and just putting it out there and and not for any type of income other than just more broad a broader area and just the same thing you're doing with the radio where it's just like man other people need to hear and know this because I feel that when you walk well you can just turn on the TV and see that there's not a bunch of joy and Mm -hmm. and the more that people watch those networks and the media that just want to pounce on on people and judge them without knowing any facts or or hardly anything it's disheartening and so we as 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 catholic faithful men who want to do positive things in this world and to share people that you it's okay to feel down and 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 have anxiety just use that and and offer it up and 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 then persevere through because this life is not going to be the end and if you want eternal life you need to persevere through it um and 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 you know that you just need to broadcast that message to everybody i have a deep devotion to the rosary and you know um hearing you say that you're interested in writing a book and and then the radio show for me like the mystery of the proclamation of the kingdom and the grace that's associated with that well that has changed over time when i meditate on that mystery and for me, I always think of the radio show. I'm thinking, you know, evangelizing and, and sharing the good news. And, and I think in writing a book, definitely that ministry, you know, what do they mean by pro- proclamation of the kingdom and all? But, um, you know, I've had several good Cajun Catholics on the show that are all, you know, either first-time writers or writing a book. Uh, it seems like we've had a string. And so it's so beautiful here in, in Cajun country to hear God speaking to us and for you with the willingness to share that, have you thought about what the book would be called? No. I mean, we, we, we still in the very early stages, and, it, and it's basically, you know, when you look back and, and, and you reread what my journal entries are, you derive lessons that, that ultimately that I've learned. And, and to, as far as the name, no, we're okay. still very, very early in it. Another question. What is just one thing in the last couple of weeks or month in your prayer life that that you've learned about your faith that you could share with the audience? Something new and exciting that you feel like. God always seems to be there when times that you need something to happen, whether it's good or bad, and I, I, I remember it when things happen, but then I forget whenever things aren't going my way or the way that I want them to go and all this kind of stuff. And, and, and so I think I'm more in tune with like, you know what? I'm not going to worry about that because what, something's going to happen. It's going to come to a head and it's going to either go left or right or, the, or another way. But I'm going and doing the things that I need to do. I spend time in adoration. I go to confession. I ask God his will. I tell him what I would like to see, but ultimately what, what does he want me to do? So why would I worry beyond that? And so worrying for me internally, 
I let it go quicker. And so I would say I'm more excited about realizing how I really, and Father Ted touched based on it a few weeks ago where it's just like, man, I want to be, as soon as something happens, I want to be able to forgive and let go. And I find that I'm, it's happening quicker, not instantaneously, not maybe in that mm-hmm. day, but but that right there of just, man, it ain't work. I, why stress about this? Mm-hmm. Because maybe it is God's will that I have to go through some suffering, yep. anxiety right now, and and offer it up for somebody. So take it away and and just go from you're, there. You're bringing up the verse of when Jesus talked about you don't gain a single moment of your life by worrying, and it's. It's not worth the, the worry and the doubt. And Jesus, when you really give him your heart, he can take it away. And I think, as Mr. Todd's saying, all these men that keep coming on here and they have stories, and our story is so important. And your story out there, those who are listening, is important. And God is listening to your story. And he's watching your story happen and manif- manifest in front of his eyes. And people need to hear it. Um, and they need to see your life testimony in action. And Adam, today, you're a testimony to that life in action, that story for others to hear. And we just really appreciate you coming on and telling us your story and what you're going to do for this church, especially here in this community. Go ahead. Yeah, I just I trust in God's will, and, um, and, and this is where it led me today. Just a minute or so left on the show, and one of the things we all touched on that, that is a big part of all our lives is adoration and being in the, in the, in the presence of the Eucharist. And uh, t- tell, tell us, Adam, what, why that's important in your life. Um, well, when, we, when I first started going to adoration, I would uh, plan what I would do during that hour, and I'd bring a book, and I would uh, say these prayers and all these things. And uh, one day I decided to go, and I still brought a book, and, and, and I bring my notepads. That's probably when I, when I journal the most is during adoration for sure. But um, I spend most of the time just sitting um, I close my eyes. I get to about the point where I'm just beyond falling asleep. And at that moment and those moments for, 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 the, for that time, I can literally just have the conversation with Jesus on a friend level and just tell him my worries, doubts, and, and, what, and, and, and beg him, what do you need me to do? And, and when I let all those things go, and it, it's kind of a process, takes a few minutes where it's just like, now I'm not thinking of anything, then he starts arranging thoughts in my mind that I feel that is just like, man, he's, he's lining these things up to make me think clearer and to have better uh, resolution of the things that I have going on. And sometimes, I mean, it, it's what led me to go pray at the abortion clinic uh, the first Tuesday of every month, and it's me and my dad that go, and it's wonderful. It's it's a great spiritual bonding for him and I, and we go pray for all the souls. and And the reason why it's a Tuesday is because I had called them up and found out when they did abortions, and it's Tuesday and Thursday. So I said, "Man, I want to go when they are going, because hopefully we can just save one, mm-hmm. you know." And I don't know if we've ever saved one or not, but uh, it's it's led other people to go over there and pray, and so that was all during adoration and thinking. And so, uh, you know, th- those type of ideas, along with me writing the book and stuff, is it, all just I feel that just gets planted in my mind at those times to where uh, the, the next day I'm uh, 
I go in the evenings, but so like the next day, I just start working on it. That's and beautiful. Well, thank you, Adam, so much for being on the show. Uh, just a testament to all the Cajun Catholics and a, a good friend uh, and a, a soldier in Christ. And uh, again, I say you hold your left hand out and put the right hand on top. The left hand is, you know, <laughs> your will, and the right hand is God's will. And when you put those two hands together and they fit, that's that's when you're in that state of sanctifying grace. So that's where you are, my friend. I see the joy of the <laughs> Lord, and I appreciate you being on the show. Brandon, thanks for co-hosting today. You've been, you've been listening to Cajun Catholics with our guest, Mr. Adam Broussard. As always, we always challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you. Until next time, God bless. Thank you, guys.